We're looking for people who have been blessed by this free podcast and our free daily marriage prayer emails and who want to help be a blessing to others. Creating and hosting this podcast and sending out our daily emails do incur a financial cost. And we want to invite you to join our faithful patron team to help financially support these resources so that they can remain free for all who need them. Please join our patron team today and become one of the faithful financial supporters who desires to help bless thousands of marriages around the world. Your support will help us pay for the creation, hosting, and promotion of our podcast and daily emails. Thank you, and we hope to see you become a Marriage After God patron. Welcome to the Marriage After God podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Aaron. And I'm Jennifer. We've been married for 14 years. And we have five young children. We started blogging over 10 years ago, sharing our marriage story in hopes of encouraging other husbands and wives to draw closer to God and closer to each other. We have authored over 10 books together, including our newest book, Marriage After God, the book that inspired us to start this podcast. Marriage After God is a message to remind all of us that God designed marriage with a purpose. To reflect His love. To be a light in this world. To work together as a team. Using what He has given us. To build His kingdom. Our hope is to encourage you along your marriage journey. As you boldly chase after God together. This is Marriage After God. Welcome back to another episode of the Marriage After God podcast. We're Aaron and Jennifer Smith, your hosts. Hi. How's it going? We're so glad you're here. Uh, and I just wanted to let you know we love you. And this episode is going to be some Bible. I don't know if we do. We ever some talk, Bible. Do we ever talk about the Bible <laughs> in, this, in this podcast? It's kind of a lot of Bible. Actually, that's a good note. If you want to follow along in this episode with your Bible, I think it could encourage you. Yeah, we're going to be in first, or not first Corinthians. We're going to be in Colossians. First Colossians. <laughs> first Colossians. No, Colossians chapter three. So I know we mentioned that we were going to be in a lot of scripture today. I wanted to start with one random scripture that doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about. And that's just because I was really encouraged by it. A friend was um, sharing from Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen, which says, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. And... I don't know if I just read the ESV version. Is that was that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And he basically said, it doesn't say iron sharpens wo- uh, wood or is sharpened by, you know, any other means. It was the same uh, compound. It was iron and iron. And I just love that. It was such a small little tidbit of, you know, recognizing word choice in the Bible that I thought that's really cool because... <laughs> It, was, just, it shows yeah. the importance of why we need other Christians in our life because we sharpen one another when we believe the same and we uh, operate off the same principles and the same. Um, and we rub up against each other. So yeah. being in relationship and fellowship. And fellowship and all of that is so yeah. important. And it wouldn't work if it was any other compound. It wouldn't work if those people weren't Christians, if they weren't uh, reading God's word or abiding in him. They're the same, the same way stuff. They're made out of the same stuff, the same property, the same people, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I guess and we are was, kind of talking about I remember that, what you were talking about. Actually. It was it was, uh, it was really good because we need we need people in our life. We can't do this alone. Yeah. And, you know, the iron rod just sitting there by itself is not getting sharpened. It's right, not going to do anything but sitting there on it the It actually floor. will just rust and corrode and not be useful. Yeah. But So just a small encouragement for, and actually is kind of what we're going to be talking about today, but it is good to oh, yeah, look at that. be reminded that... Uh, we need people. I think people are going to think we planned it that way. I didn't. I promise. Here, <laughs> I'll throw in a, a freebie, a different 
thing because I like to start these intros with something fun. Uh, for any of you who are parents of small children, I forgot how fun these are, but I grew up on a, you know, old telephone with a long cord. The yeah. rot- rotary phone. You know, the kind that plug into the wall. We're also used to cell phones now. I don't know if people even have phones like this anymore that actually work, but I was at an antique store, thrift store, and I found one for really cheap. And I just thought, oh, the kids will have a blast playing with this, you know, pretend in the playroom. So I bought one and Olive won't stop playing with it today. She literally, I'm not kidding you. I was doing some school with Elliot and she was standing behind me with like this little kid's kitchenette thing. And she was on the, it was one of those, what are they called? Rotary phones? It's a rotary phone, yeah. And she has a cord. What, with a cord and she's got one end up to her ear and she's playing with the cord with her finger and I look over and she's got a pillow stuffed under her shirt and she's talking to someone, her best friend on the phone, about her pregnancy and <laughs> about how hard it's been lately. <laughs> and I'm just, but she's talking as if like, you know. I taught her to do I, the finger twirl thing. I don't know. Like... You guys, it was so funny. So anyways, That's really funny. it was a, a very cheap piece of fun for the kids and a little bit of history. <laughs> That's a really funny story. Um, I think Olive's awesome. (laughs) Getting into the episode, (laughs) if you haven't done so yet, would you leave us a review today? A star rating, a review, we love those. They're very impactful to us um, and they help other people find the episode. Uh, We'd love if you did that. And one more thing, uh, we've been heavily promoting our Marriage Prayer Challenge this uh, season. It's the beginning of a new year. We're just hoping to get a lot of people just getting in a habit of prayer this year. Uh, God wants us to be praying people. So we made this prayer challenge. It's completely free so that uh, it encourages you and inspire your prayer life for your marriage. It's marriageprayerchallenge.com. It's completely free. It's a 31-day challenge where we send you an email with a prompt for something specific to pray for for your husband or your wife. Um, And if your husband and wife are listening right now, both of you, go sign up together. It'd be awesome. We'll be praying for each other. Do it. (laughs) Okay, so the title of this episode is Don't Forget Who Is At Work within us within you within me <laughs> you the we're, listener. All, we're all listening yeah <laughs> this is for all of us because it, we can't forget but we're not gonna okay um let's back it up just a bit we wrote marriage after god which this podcast was inspired because of uh but the marriage after god book which came out a year and a half ago now uh it was a message that aaron and i had been learning and experiencing in our own life and marriage. And it was a message we found incredibly impactful. So we wanted other marriages to experience it. So we wrote this book, laid it all out for you. And there's quite a bit to unpack in Marriage After God. But the premise is that everyone, everyone, you, me, everyone listening, especially marriages as a unit, we all have a place and a purpose in the body of Christ in the church operating in this world, not for ourselves, but for God. When you say everyone, you're talking about believers. Believers. In the body of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. That, so there's not some believers that don't have a purpose? No. I mean, there's like not like one or two that... We uh, all. Every single one of us. This is a quote from Marriage After God. It says, The beauty of the body of Christ is that each and every part is unique, your marriage included, and God will use your uniqueness for His purposes if you let him. So that's what we want to encourage you in this episode is to recognize that you are not um, excluded mm-hmm. from the body of Christ or from usefulness to Christ in his body. 
that you're yeah. a part of it. God does use our un- our uniqueness for His glory. Uh, another reason why we shouldn't compare, mm-hmm. right? Which is something else we talk about in the book. But even though we are all unique and our marriages are too, we are still part of only one body. One. Yeah, there's the body things. Of Christ. Yeah, and there's things about us that are the same as others, and it is in those bonds of unity um, and likeness that we find camaraderie, comfort, support as that one body. Mm -hmm. It's also where you find the message of the gospel of Christ in the church as a whole, but also in our marriages. Mm -hmm. It's another theme that we talked about in the book is that I actually talked about this uh, a couple Sundays ago, uh, that our marriage is a, it's an earthly symbol of a heavenly truth. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're trying to get at is, um, is your marriage and you individually, the, the, what God has put in us and wants to use in us is important and valuable and shouldn't be overlooked. So what's awesome is though all of us may be unique and have unique giftings and talents and resources, um, and God's going to use us with those, but the purpose is the same, that we're used to share his testimony. Of that, Jesus. Of Jesus, like what, yeah. Je- what Jesus did. And it's to be shared with all. Yeah. Yeah, those unifying principles those bonds that I was talking about, those are the things that stand out in a Christian's life. And um, they're from the Bible, right, Aaron? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, uh, the word is living and active in our lives. And what we want to do in this episode is we want to encourage you because I've, I've known people that don't feel used or useful. Mm-hmm. They don't feel capable. They look at other people and they say, well, I'm not like them. I don't have their gifts. I don't have their talents. God can't use me. Mm-hmm. I'm not in that position. I'm not a paid this or that. But that's so far from the truth. Because the truth is, is that God has arranged the parts in the body as he sees fits. And he's given gifts to all of us right. that he sees, fits, sees fit. Mm-hmm. And um, I also want to add, you just explained it from the standpoint of someone who may think they've never had enough or to share or to do or to participate Mm -hmm. in that way. And then I've also seen where some people do believe even for a short moment or even a long moment that they might be able to participate in the body of Christ, but then there's seasons where they doubt or there's seasons where they're just don't feel like they're enough or there's seasons where they are just conflicted in their belief of what is true. So we want to encourage you guys today. We want to encourage you if that's where you're at. We want to encourage you in your identity in Christ mm-hmm. and in the body and the part that you do play, um, that you're not lesser just because you have a different purpose or function in the body, right? And if you're struggling with doubt at all, a little bit or a lot of bit, <laughs> we're we're here for you. Yeah. We're going to hopefully and, encourage and you. And we, we do this. There's been several times that we... We ask ourselves, like, what are we doing? Why are, why are we doing this podcast? Why are we doing this book? Or, and mm-hmm. we, we have to submit it to the Lord, and we get reminded that it's for Him. Mm-hmm. And He's going to use us how He sees fit. And so we get to be encouraged that we're a part of that mm-hmm. body. We're yeah. part of His body. Mm-hmm. Just doing our part. Just doing what He has for us. Uh, this is what the Bible says, listeners, Christians, about us. Colossians 3 Verses 10 and 11. And I put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. 
which I just want to stop for a second. We put on a new self as a believer. There was the old self that's been put away that we constantly are putting to death, that old self. And it says, putting on the new self, walking in newness of life, new creation. These are all the words, words that the Bible uses about the believer. So we put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So we're being renewed by in knowledge. So the word of God, the Holy Spirit speaking to us, working in us. After the image of its creator. So the new self that we've put on, the image of its creator is what we're being renewed in. Mm. And then it says in verse 11, here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave free, but Christ is all and in all. So raise your hand if you are part of that all. I'm raising my hand. Yeah, I'm sure everyone <laughs> listening right now too. Like, Nobody's raising their hand, babe. <laughs> I think someone did. So if, if Christ is all and in all, so for the believer who's put on the new self and being renewed in, in the image of its creator, Christ is, is you and in you because we're, we are the body of Christ. doesn't matter who you are in the body. This is true for you. It's not true for some believers. You know, th- this believer over here that does this mighty thing and this believer here that has this, you know, big ministry and this believer. Mm-hmm. No, it's true for every believer so in when the it, body of Christ. So when it comes to identity, it's him. Like yeah. we're in Christ. So we're one with his identity. So we put off the old identity that was a child of wrath, the Bible talks about, and we've put on a new identity, which is Christ himself. Which also means that there's no distinction between who we once were right. and who we are now in Christ. Which I think is a huge, like we have this hard time as believers where we still see the old self, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that that struggle happens. That's often where we feel disqualified or we feel like we can't be used as we, we see that old self and yeah, who we, start we once to, were. Yeah, we start to doubt when we see that person and say, see, that's who I am and not saying, not reminding yourself mm-hmm who you actually are is in Christ. Yeah. So um, we're reminding you that you are in Christ. And so he, he says up here, no Greek or Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, Barbian, Scythian. He gives all these categories, these groups of people. And as believers, we're not to dis- divide ourselves into these groups. We're not to divide ourselves into any groups based on who we are. We're in the flesh. Instead, we live together with one identity, one identity. The bride of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. Yeah. We're his people. I think we hear in terms like um, bride of Christ or the body of Christ, and we see this picture of a body, mm-hmm. but like full of people. I don't know if you see it like this. I see it like, like this. Like all sometimes. stacked on top of each yeah, other. Yeah, kind of like just a montage. <laughs> I've never visualized that way, okay, but now sometimes I am I, said it. <laughs> sometimes I see it like that, uh, which is beautiful. But let's not forget that Christ is the head of that body. We exist because of him, and we are all here because of him, and we're one with him. Yeah. One. One. Not it's not Christ many. over here, but yeah. what I'm trying to get at, it's not Christ over here and Christ's body over here. Like it's all connected, right? Exactly. That's important. And so if you're in Christ, you're in the body of Christ. And if he's the head, I was just thinking about this. If he's the head, then he's the mind of the body, which means that he's, he's reminding us who we are and what our function is. That's true. He, he, it's, we, we, everything we need comes from him and it's him that's in charge. And controls what we do and what the body does <laughs> and where the body's growing. Um, so he, it's a, this is a good spot for us to, a heart check for us. Mm. Do we divide ourselves in the body? Do we look 
often this comes in the terms of those people over there are this way or that way elevated Mm. and those people over there are lower or we do it with ourselves. I'm not like those people. Comparison, yeah. So I must not be mm-hmm. useful. We put ourselves down. I don't play music. Uh, the, and these are just basic. Like you, the, the people you might see on a Sunday morning, you know, people that play music or a pastor, or you see these couple of ministries, which are powerful ministries, useful and needful. But maybe we look at that and we say, well, I'm not those, so I must not be anything. I must not be useful, which is not true. They're needed just as much as you are. So I think, do, I so think do too, do just to encourage people, because I think sometimes when we give examples of specific things, I know we're trying to use it as a way of looking at something, but sometimes it can deter us from looking at even more it, yeah. things. And so when you're comparing yourself or dividing our, the body up, um, you know, you mentioned Sunday morning, but it can come in so many forms during the week as well within friendships, um, social media uh, who's blogging about what or podcasting about who, yeah. you know? So so I just want to broaden that example and say, this is far beyond just Sunday morning and, you know, what your purpose is within the body. This mm-hmm. is an everyday, all day heart check that we can have. Well, here's one good example of this. And this happens probably in a lot of our lives. Let's say we hear of a friend who needs um, help, encouragement, some love, some uh, advice and we immediately think to tell ourselves I can't I'm not the person to do that what am I going to say I can't do that I'm not qualified to go talk to them and encourage them they need someone more knowledgeable so you kind of just talk yourself out of out of that well, opportunity done, yeah what you've done is you've lowered yourself you said I'm not capable I'm not the one for the job when you may be very well be the only one for the job mm. I mean I will say this I had an experience Um, I don't want to share about it without asking that other person, but I had a friend walk through something difficult and I didn't have any experience with that thing. Mm -hmm. And that justification that you're talking about did creep up into my heart, but I pushed it away and I'm like, she, no, this is important. And I thought at most I can go and sit and be present. And you did. And that's all, that's all I did. And so for you listening, if whatever Aaron just said struck a chord in your heart and there is someone in your life currently that is in need, whether emotionally or, or physically physically or, you know, with tangible needs or maybe, um, just going through a hard time and you just want to be present with that person. It means the world to them. Mm. It means a lot. So, so it's not loving the body. If we divide the body that way, right. If we look at others and we judge them, based on what they do, if we judge ourselves on what we can or cannot do. It actually allows pride to creep up and start wreaking havoc on the body mm-hmm. if we're puffed up like that. Yeah, and, we, and what's funny is you might not think saying I'm not the one to do that isn't pride, but it is. Mm-hmm. Because what it's not doing is being humble for the Lord and saying, do you want to use me? Yeah, I'll go do that <laughs> hard thing that I don't, I don't know. know what to do. Yeah. yeah. So we want to we, we remind you that you are needful in the body. Not just needful, you're you're um, necessary. If you're a believer, you are a necessary part of the body. Mm. There's no part not necessary. You had a really good point about the scripture you just read that I want you to share. Go ahead and do that now. Yeah, one of the main things to notice between these different identities. What? Go go ahead and read it really quick. In the verse it says, here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave free. Uh, There's something something that, um, those are different identities. 
They're not just people. They're, they're identities. Um, and the difference between them is their forms of worship, their languages, and their positions. So you look at those things. You have Jews, they worship the one true God. You have the Greeks who worshiped either many gods or knowledge or self, right? You had the barbarians, who, uh, which was a term for anyone who spoke a different language that no one understood. So if someone spoke a language from a far distant land and no one knew it, they were a barbarian. And then the Scythians, they were regarded as the wildest of barbarians by, more, by um, the civilized nations of antiquity. So back then, they would have looked at Scythians and be like, oh, they're like savage people that we don't know how they, how they talk. We don't know their language. Um, and then you have slave and free. Those are positions. Mm-hmm. So you have a slave who is controlled by someone else, and then you mm-hmm. have a free person who they do what they want. Mm-hmm. So it's not just people it's talking about. It's talking about the way they identify. And so the re- reason all of these are to be discarded there's no, no, none of those exist anymore in the church. And you'll see why. It's because we now all have the same God to worship. We worship the same. We're unified, it's, whether Greek or Jew. Nope, we worship Christ, all of us. Um, we all now speak the same language. And I'm not talking just like actual language, like French or Spanish or English. I heard the word Christianese, but I know I didn't want to be uh, we speak, inappropriate. No, no we, we speak the same language, which is the word of God. Yeah. So like, cause we're quoting him. It doesn't matter what actual language you speak. So we, we could go to the church, the underground church in China. And even though we couldn't speak their language, an interpreter would be spe- translating for us. We're still speaking the same words. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny that you went to, you went to China which we haven't had experience with, but I've never we been ha- to China. <laughs> but we have ex- had experience with going to Africa, parts of Africa, and we guess been, I should have used that example. Know, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> taking it personal, uh, we have had opportunities where we've had even sometimes two to three translators between us and those listening. Uh, yeah, there'd be like to relay the all message. the different dialects, and th- that was actually really hard. But, but the thing is, is they heard yeah. the same words, um, and we all now have the same position. The Bible even talks about this. Free or slave, mm-hmm. we worship one God. We are free in Christ. Mm-hmm. And the position that we hold is God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. That's what the word says about us. I really like that. So it talks about how no longer in the body of Christ are there any of those other identities. Mm-hmm. All of those identities melt away and we all have one language. We worship one God. We have one position. So you said earlier, this is a good place to have a heart check. And I am just thinking... How often do we stop to really think about our identity? You know, it's something that might contribute to some tensions in our hearts at times or some doubt that flares up. But when was the last time you sat down and maybe even wrote out what things do I cling to that I think are part of my identity? And when was the last time I really just owned Christ's identity? Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? And God's challenged me several times over the last few years with my own identity, with the way I dress or the way I look and things that I, I care about with myself. And say, and really saying, is there any part of your identity you're not willing to give up for me? Because mm, then it would become an idol. Exactly. Right. But challenging oh, those, yeah, ch- challenging those those identity markers in me. I don't know what you want to call them, but and God saying, I want your identity to be in me only. Mm-hmm. But what's awesome about everything I'm saying, this isn't about some Christians. This is about us, the church. <laughs> it's about us. Um, and in verse ten, it says it ends with, "But Christ is all and in all." So all those identities go away and now Christ is all and in all. Mm-hmm. So it talks about 
Christ being the whole church and Christ being in the individual members of the church. You, me, you listening, Christ's in you. Paul says it this way in Romans 12 verses four through five. For as in one body, we have many members and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Which is awesome because it's not just saying we're all members of one body and we're individually members of Christ. It says that as individuals, we're members of one another. Mm -hmm. So wherever you think your position is in the body, you're connected to the rest of us. So whoever you think you are in the body, (laughs) you and me, we are members of one another. Me and my wife, members of one another. We are all together one. And it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful thing because I just, I want to defeat the lies that some believers, hopefully if you're, if you're listening and this is something that you're believing that you are a not a non necessary part of the body of Christ or non useful or haven't been given a gift or that God doesn't want to use you for his kingdom and his glory. It's a lie from the devil. What the devil does not want you to realize is that you are one body in Christ and individually members of, uh, of one another. Mm. He does not want you to realize that you are an, a, a necessary and active part of the body of Christ. Because if he can get you to believe that and you, from that basis, talk yourself out of going to help that person that's in need or fulfill whatever purpose God has for for you in those moments that you know what I'm talking about when you're confronted mm. with them, uh, the enemy's winning. If he, if he, he can, can get you to yeah. believe the wrong thing. And we don't want to believe the wrong thing. We want to believe the biblical thing, mm-hmm. who we are in Christ. Yeah. It's incredibly powerful. Here's another uh, lie you might be thinking, and this is about the spirit of God in us. Don't ever think that you have less of Christ or his spirit than any other believer. This, so this would be like if, if I was sitting back looking at you and going, wow, he's got way more spirit or way Jesus, more God, yeah. way more of him than I do. So I'll never be, right. you know. Don't believe that. Mm-hmm. You have no smaller or lesser portion of his spirit or smaller or lesser purpose. Your, the purpose that Christ has for you is, is as important as Christ deems it necessary mm-hmm. because it's for his glory. Yeah, we also can't believe that we're more broken than others. That That's a great point because... Some people would view an object, like say this coffee cup, if it was broken and leaking, you'd want to discard it. And I think we get there sometimes where we go, no, I'm too broken, I can't be used, yeah. discard me. Like, just don't let me participate in what's happening because I'm not worthy, I can't. Right. And this isn't a, a, a point to say, if you're walking in unrepentant sin... Oh, God will still use you. This is talking about like if you're if you're walking in that, you should repent. Yeah. And yeah. be with Christ. Yeah. But this is talking about a believer who is thinking that they they can't be used because of XYZ. Mm-hmm. But Christ did he, it says that he he picks the weak things to confound the strong and the and the foolish things to confound the wise. It also says that <laughs> all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we yeah, all exactly. <laughs> are right there in the same boat. <laughs> and that and that's the truth is that Christ came for sinners and that he didn't leave us there. He's given us a purpose. The same way, uh, this is just a quick side note, the people of Israel, before they became a nation, they were slaves. Mm-hmm. That's like the state of man before Christ. We're slaves to sin. We're dead, mm-hmm. right? 
And then we, he pulls us out. He brings us into this, you know, he, out of the, the world and he gives us his law. He writes it on our hearts by his spirit. He gives us of his spirit. He becomes our God. And this is what God did for his, for his people. He says, I will be your God and you will be my people. He gives them their law and he gives them a nation. He gives them, a, and then he gives them work to do. He says, go build me a tabernacle. Go do, like he gives them laws and things to do. And so when he draws us into his kingdom, he does the same. He makes us a people for him to work for him. That's good. So, so we're talking about our identity being in Christ and we really need to, to figure out if we're believing what his word says about us or if we're believing lies. Are we comparing ourselves? Are we doubting that we have been given enough to be able to fulfill his purposes that he has for us? Um, and so just a reminder, getting past this kind of first portion of what we're talking about, I think it's good to think about that this week. Yeah, in 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 13, it says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. Again, this is just reiterating what we yeah. just read mm-hmm. in another place, in another way. For in one spirit, we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So you have the spirit of God, just like I do. So if you're, if you're struggling, and Jennifer, me and you, we've gone through this with ourselves, with things that we walk in like, why did I do that again? Why do I think that way again? Mm. And the, the, the lie from the enemy is going to say, well, maybe you're not saved enough. Mm. <laughs> maybe you haven't been given enough by the God. Maybe you, you don't have enough of the spirit of God. So you can't. No, we've been given of one spirit. There's another spot in the Bible that says that we've been given all things that pertain to life and godliness in Christ Jesus. So in Christ, we have what we need because he has given us what we need. Mm. If you are in Christ, if you are a believer, God has sent his spirit to live inside of you. That's the truth. What if someone's listening right now and they're not a believer? If you are listening right now and you are not a believer, then believe in the Lord Jesus, that God sent him, that he died to forgive you of your sins. And that not only did he die, but God raised him from the dead so that you can have new life. And that is the only way to the Father. That is the only way to be with God is believing in Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. That's it. And And then go read a phenomenal love story called the Bible. (laughs) Start in Genesis and just watch it unfold before your eyes. Um, Okay, so this next part's pretty cool. I'm going to jump into... So again, if you're doubting whether you have the Spirit of God or not, or if you have enough of the spirit, I want to just read what it talks about in second Chronicles. There's a beautiful picture of this, how God fills every one of us so completely. And this is the truth. After Solomon, King Solomon completed the temple, he prayed to consecrate the temple. And in second Chronicles seven, verse one, it says, as soon as Solomon finished his prayer, this was a long prayer. (laughs) Fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. So not just like parts of it. No, he filled it. Okay. It actually, I, I didn't put this verse in here, but it says he uh, filled it so much that they could not enter. Mm. He filled every part of it. He filled all of the temple, not just parts of it. Mm. It wasn't like just the Holy of Holies was filled. Every ounce of the temple was filled with the Holy Spirit. And guess what? 
friends. We are the temple, not made with hands, but by God himself. And he doesn't fill a portion of his temple. So like me and you, Jennifer, like we were filled with, you know, his glory. Um, but, and you know, that person over there was, but this kind of area over here in the body was not filled. Or those ones over there were completely filled with even and some. Yeah. Like, so they got more and we got a little bit. No, he doesn't just fill a portion of his temple or just the biggest parts of it only. He fills the whole temple. Okay. First Corinthians six nineteen. This is the verse that came to my mind. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. <laughs> so our body is a temple. The body of Christ is a temple. We are filled with his spirit. In 2 Corinthians 6.16, it says, What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So what are we? We're the temple of God. Right. And so he, he, he dwells among us and he walks with us and he's our God and we're his people. Mm. Doesn't matter who you are. If you're in Christ, you're, he's your God. You're his people. You're his temple. He dwells in you. He's filled you. Here's another, um, just after reading that verse, I guess another place you can stop and do a heart check and see it. Are there any idols in your life that you've agreed to or put up on a pedestal above the Lord. Sometimes we're focusing on one part of scripture, but all of it's just as important. So if you guys, it's true. I don't mean to be distracting, but it's important that we, well, that's a good point. Cause knowing that God has filled us, there should be no room for temple or for idols mm. because what we're doing is we're pushing it in the place of where the Holy spirit is. Mm. We're like moving it that's or, good. and we don't want that. So what God has given us in Christ is enough. Believer, listen, what God has given you in Christ is enough. And it's complete. It's perfect. Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. For this reason, I bow my knee before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, we talked about love last episode, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That's incredible. All the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. Where's that work happening? Within us. Within us. Don't forget that. <laughs> to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So the work that he, the, the spirit he's given us and the work that is happening within us is for the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus mm. throughout all generations. So the reason he's given you everything, the reason he's given you what you need is for his church and for all generations to partake in. So I don't know if you feel like you've been useless or not needed. Overlooked. Overlooked. Know this, that what God has put in you is the very same thing that he's put in me and is to be the, for the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations. That's so good, Aaron. And I really appreciate your um, just passion when it comes to the word and how you read it and how you share it. Thank you. Um, 
as you were reading, something that I noticed was, or I mean, I've known it, but it stood out once again is that when it says, um, let me go back up really quick. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God and that knowing the fullness of God is tied in with knowing the love of Christ. I just love that. I think it's so beautiful. Yeah. Well, and, and what's amazing that, so fullness of God, that's, that's a lot. I know. <laughs> right. It doesn't feel like it all the time, mm. but it's the truth which is why we can recognize when we have walked in a, a way that's wrong mm -hmm. and we can return back to God and say, oh, that's not who I am. Mm -hmm. I don't walk that way anymore. Mm -hmm. Thank you for reminding me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for changing me and transforming me and sanctifying me. So even when we fall or sin or choose unrighteousness, if we're able to see clearly and, and repent and be reconciled, we'll see that he's even still working well, I, I would say we can repent. Because he's working. <laughs> because his, the fullness of God is in us. So my pr prayer today is that each of us would recognize what is living in us. Who is living in us? Yeah. <laughs> we must never forget who is wor working within us. Colossians 1.27 says, To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Man. <laughs> I, I just hope everyone's being encouraged by this because we, we need to remember this. So we, we need to be reminded of this week. Mm -hmm. I need a daily that Christ is in me and the riches of that glory of that and that mystery is in me. I'm, it's just awesome. Romans 8, 10 through 11. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life. Because of righteousness. His righteousness, right? Yeah. <laughs> if the sp spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. I that, love that. it. Yeah. I, I just love that it um, is so specific that it says it also gives life to your mortal bodies. And it's not immortal bodies. It's not once we get to eternity, then no, it's right here, right now in our mortal human bodies occupying this earth he will also give life to through his spirit and it doesn't say um if the spirit dwells in you it says through his spirit who dwells in you mm. that person of god dwells in you he's the, he's there it's just yeah okay <laughs> that was Whereas, a lot so so just to wrap this up aaron for those who um may be agreeing with you that you know, all of this is true, what we're saying, um, but they've been wrestling. They've been in a place where they have um, seen themselves as less than or haven't been walking in that confidence of God in me and, you know, making those choices to um, to participate in yeah. what God is doing in this world and, and choosing to fulfill those purposes that God has for them. What do they do now, right now? One of the biggest messages in the Marriage After God book is say yes. <laughs> yes, God. Yes, I will go. Yes, I will do. Yes, I will say. Then step out of the boat. Yeah. <laughs> like Peter did. Yeah. Uh, we talk about it in the book and it's, re it's really, it's, it's looking at your life and saying, what is mine is God's. It could be your dinner table. It could be your 
baking skills. It could be your, you know, opening up your backyard. It could be sitting with that friend, sitting with that friend quietly. It could be writing a book. It could be writing a, a song. It could be, and we're mentioning these ideas, things, but yeah. there's God is so infinite. Like there's so many things. I, I have no idea what God is, what good works God has prepared for you before the foundations. But of the we world. know this is true because it says so in scripture, you're a member of the body and every member has a different function Yep. and that function's important. Yeah. So be used, be used, say yes to God. All right. We, we're moving on to the last couple parts of this episode where we talk about what we're grateful for, which is a beautiful thing that Jennifer has been um, encouraging us to do. Something I've been trying to walk in more. Yeah. Attitudes <laughs> of gratefulness this year. So what are you grateful for, Jennifer? I was thinking about this and I was just thinking how grateful I am for photos, photographs, even home videos. Um, I think being able to look back at old photos, it just melts my heart, especially photos of my kids. Um, I remember being little and as I got older, I like to look at old pictures of myself to remember what I look like, like as a baby. I just thought that was mm -hmm. fascinating. Um, and I think for anyone that's lucky enough to have photos of people that they love or, or photos of themselves even, I, I think it's, it's a gift of time travel and they tell stories. I don't think that we should, you know, get wrapped up in taking a bunch of selfies. Although if that's your thing, <laughs> no. Um, Al albums full of pictures of yourself. There's probably. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I like that there's evidence. I like that there's um, proof of life in a photograph. And one thing I remember about your grandma is she right in the, I think it was right in the front doorway. She just had like tons of photo albums mm -hmm. from like every year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I remember we'd sit and just look through them. Mm -hmm. um, but, and you've been doing a lot more printing of photos, which I think is amazing. I, I feel like I actually made a mistake, which is contrary to what I just said about photos. <laughs> but I told myself that I was going to give a gift to each one of my kids of a scrapbook, like a very tangible, like, you know, stickers and all. Mind you, you started this like three days before Christmas. Yeah, I wasn't, I, was, I said gift and I didn't say Christmas gift, but yes, that was my intention and I just got a late start on it. So now it has become a, a uh, beautiful photos, a, a pile of beautiful photos that one day I will gift to my children. Uh, but I know that, I know that it will make them feel good that mom has a little treasure tro trove of photos for them and one day I will get to it. Scrapbooking's not easy. Well, yours is a beautiful thing to be grateful for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm grateful for uh, merino wool. Everyone's right. You have like, to explain what? that one. Well, <laughs> I've always had um, how she say <laughs> moist feet, <laughs> but ever since finding merino wool socks and merino wool shoes, even this sounds like an ad. <laughs> I'm just saying, I really like merino wool because it it uh, has changed my life. <laughs> cool. So your feet don't sweat anymore? Nope. <laughs> not that you know of. <laughs> not, not that I know of. Because yeah. the wool just soaks it all up. <laughs> Nasty. <laughs> uh, they're also really comfortable socks and really comfortable shoes. So, but no, awesome. I'm really grateful for Merino wool. That was God's invention. Hey, it comes off of a, a sheep somewhere. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> awesome. Well, we just share these for you guys um, in hopes of spurring you on to consider things that you're grateful for. It could be the smallest of things to the greatest of things. And our encouragement is for you to consider that this week, what you're grateful for, and then share it with someone. Share it with the Lord. Share it with your spouse. Share it with a friend or a random stranger. We need more of that these days. Uh, but that's our message of gratefulness to you. Awesome. All right, let's close out in prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for the uniqueness of your body, the church. Thank you for the thoughtfulness you have put into each one of us individually and the thoughtfulness of how you have brought us all together to make up one body. Thank you for the many different functions we all contribute to the, 
too for your name, to bring you glory. Thank you for your word, which provides the message we all share. We are so grateful that your word encourages us and reminds us of your great love. We pray we would dive into your word this week and be encouraged again and again by it. We also pray we would have eyes to see how you are working within us and how you are working within our marriages. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you all. And just again, uh, please consider leaving a review. Uh, Would you also be our share warriors this week and share this episode with someone, anyone, maybe your social media, um, an email, text message. Uh, We want to use you guys to spread the word. And uh, yeah, look forward to having you next week. We love you all. We're looking for people who have been blessed by this free podcast and our free daily marriage prayer emails and who want to help be a blessing to others. Creating and hosting this podcast and sending out our daily emails do incur a financial cost. And we want to invite you to join our faithful patron team to help financially support these resources so that they can remain free for all who need them. Please join our patron team today and become one of the faithful financial supporters who desires to help bless thousands of marriages around the world. Your support will help us pay for the creation, hosting, and promotion of our podcast and daily emails. Thank you, and we hope to see you become a Marriage After God patron.